I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, Sean St. Jacques back here with you. Episode 7 of the Posting and Toasting Podcast, Friday edition More Knicks talk heading into your weekend on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. As always, thank you so much for listening, however you are, however you listen to podcasts. Really appreciate you taking some time to join me again this week. A lot to get to on the show. I want to finish up the show, I'll tease this, with the player I think has got the most upside for the Knicks next year that I really hope things work out for because I really think that if this guy is in control of things by the end of the season, or even at any point during the season, I think the Knicks are going to have a bright, bright future ahead, at least for the time being. Of course, other things could change. Also, Carmelo to the Nets? I gotta give my two cents on that. That's going to be coming up later on in the show, but I've said a lot of time on the show today to break down the ins and outs the crazy parts, and the subtle times during the 2019-2020 Knicks schedule. I wanted to really dive into this this week. This is really the only time I can do it, I I feel like. I've been looking ahead podcasts in future weeks. This is probably the next and only time that I can talk about the full schedule in its entirety, uh, almost NFL style, like when the NFL schedule comes out, everyone's breaking it down week by week. Obviously, it's 82 games. It's a long season, but I really did want to break it down uh, bit by bit here. I want to go through some of the tougher parts of the schedule. I want to go through some areas where the Knicks could possibly pounce and start to really grow as a team and turn that into results. And of course, we got to hit on nine or 10 games that, of course, us as Knicks fans are going to have circled on our calendar so far in this uh, first look at it. Obviously, it opens up on October 23rd at San Antonio. Uh, So we'll be interested to see where the Spurs are at going into the season. Knicks open up on the road yet again. And then honestly, it's it's thick and fast from the beginning. It's It's the Nets right after that. Two games later at the Garden, Brooklyn comes to town and we get to see really early on where the Nets are at with Kyrie Irving. Then it's Boston, Chicago, Orlando, 
to end October, and then it's Boston again at the Garden at the beginning of November. Honestly, then the schedule gets kind of lean. Sacramento, who could be a good team, but it's at the Garden. At Detroit, winnable game. At Dallas has got to be a game circled on Knicks fan schedules. First game uh, against KP, who should be healthy at that point. So we'll see how I'm sure KP at Dallas will be looking to make a statement, of course. And then, of course, Cleveland at home, at Chicago, and then Dallas at home. And that's when KP comes back to the Garden. November 14th, the first game back for KP, if, if he's healthy. Uh, he'll be he'll be back at the Garden, and uh, oh, it'd be nice to to beat Dallas that night. I, it really, to me, that feels like a must win already. I just any time a former Nick who's done a lot, and there hasn't been many recently, but any time a former Nick comes back to the Garden, or a big player comes to the Garden, you know, everyone says everyone gets up to go to the Garden just because it's the Garden to play the Knicks. Nick, the Knicks have got to get up to playing some of these guys and beating some of these guys. They've got to win these games, I feel like, to start the culture turn, to show the results on the court and and to prove to not only the team but the fans that you know what David Fisdale, what, what, what Perry and Mills, what this group is doing is paying off. Uh, I, I think that it gets, again, it's pretty lean in my opinion. Charlotte after that, Cleveland, and then Philadelphia is tough on the road. But then San Antonio, Brooklyn at home, at Toronto, who's probably going to be beatable next year, Philadelphia at home, Boston at home, at Milwaukee, Denver, Indiana, Portland on the road, at Golden State, at Sacramento, at Denver. That This December stretch is probably one of the tougher stretches. I'm talking from December 1st, maybe the whole month of December. I mean, Boston at Milwaukee, Denver, Indiana at home, Portland on the road, Golden State, Sacramento, Denver, four straight on the road. Something's got it. Must be a music awards or something going on at the Garden of some sort. Then Atlanta at home, Miami on the road, Milwaukee at home, Washington at home. We don't have to worry about the Knicks losing on Christmas again. There's no Christmas game this year. Then at Brooklyn, at Washington. That's a tough slate of games in the month of December. That's a tough holiday season right there. The new year doesn't start out much easier. Portland at home, Phoenix on the road. Uh, Geez, another four-game road trip here. Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers, Utah, all on the road. Again, there must be, you know, the Grammys or the Oscars, whatever the heck it is, the, you know, the the Tonys, whatever it is. It's award season, I guess. So the Garden, they must be doing something. Or the circus, whatever it is. They're going to be uh, on the road, two four-game road trips. That is rough in a two-month span. That's a tough part of the schedule. However, this is the part where I think the Knicks really need to start kicking it back in gear. From the end of January, I feel like is a big stretch. You have five straight games at home. New Orleans, Miami, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Philadelphia. That's a big stretch. That's a winnable stretch. For the Knicks. Then at Cleveland, winnable game. Lakers at home. Toronto at home. Brooklyn at home. That's a that's a prove it to me stretch. Charlotte on the road, winnable. Memphis at home, very winnable. At Indiana, at Cleveland, winnable. Orlando at home. Detroit on the road. At Atlanta. Washington at home. Indiana. At Houston. At Charlotte. At Philadelphia. Chicago at home. January 10th through the February 29th is a huge chunk for me. 
in the Knicks slate for next season. There are a ton of winnable games there. And for me, the most important part of the season for the Knicks, just by looking at the schedule, is the, are those first three weeks. Those first three weeks for the Knicks are crucial. The first month and a half, October till around the middle of November, that's a relatively, it's an even stretch, but it's a relatively tough stretch for where this team is at. If the Knicks can stay in it going into November, obviously there's a tough stretch coming up in December, because but there's that late stretch in November where the Knicks could win some games. December, and again, maybe I'm being optimistic, maybe overly optimistic, I, and I don't mind being that way because I'm trying to buy in like many Knicks fans are to this culture. But for me, you know what a win is? You know what a win would be for me? If we're in 2020, New Year's Eve 2020, when the schedule picks up again and it gets even tougher, and the Knicks are in the playoff hunt, that would be huge for this Knicks franchise. Baby steps, people. Baby steps. I I think that would be massive. If we're talking in 2020 and the Knicks are hanging in in the 8th spot position or just on the outside looking in within a couple of games or they have a shouting chance, they're fighting, they're playing team basketball, they're in the mix, and then that tough schedule in January kicks up, but then it gets easier. Middle of January to February, if the Knicks are still in it, then you can start to really hope because these are winnable games. Of course, there's a couple of tough games mixed in there. At Houston's a really tough game. Probably a loss. At Philadelphia's a really tough game. Probably a loss. But there's a lot of winnable games. At Detroit. At Atlanta. Washington and Indiana at home. Charlotte on the road. Chicago at home. There's a ton of time and a ton of spots there to get wins if the Knicks are in the mix come 2020. That's a big stretch in February because March, it gets a little bit tougher again. It starts out pretty tough. Houston, Utah, and OKC, Detroit, but they're all at home. Washington, Atlanta on the road, Miami on the road, Charlotte at home, Boston on the road, Golden State and the Clippers, Toronto all at home, at New Orleans, at Chicago. A mixed bag. Mostly tough games. There's about four games in there that the Knicks have a legitimate chance to win. The others are a bit of, bit of coin flip. There's probably two in there that you can mark down as losses right now. And, and those, to me, are probably Clippers at home and Boston on the road. But to be fair, if Boston doesn't live up to where they're supposed to be, who knows? That's the thing. This is not last year's Boston team, folks. This is a different Boston team. This is a different Toronto team. So right now you can have hope. You really can. April, the last month of the season, there's only four games. They're all winnable games. At Memphis, Minnesota at home, Miami at home, Orlando at home. Very favorable down the stretch. So, listen, overall schedule here, it's a normal thing to say this but there's probably two really tough stretches that involve those four straight road games two months that are pretty even 
you know, it's about half and half, tough games and winnable games. And then there's three stretches where the Knicks could really pick up some steam, in my opinion. That mid-November to early December stretch. That early January to late February stretch. And the end of the season, late March, throughout the end of the season, and early to mid-April. Those are some big opportunities for the Knicks to make huge strides next season. And I got to be honest with you, I kind of like how this schedule shapes up. I really do. For what it's worth, I kind of like that they get tested early a little bit. I do. I like that they get some of these little rivalry games, if you will, out of the way early. I really do. I like that they play the Nets right away. I like that we get KP twice in a week or so to get that out of the way. See how they do. Build off of that. Maybe if they win them, look out. Gain that confidence that this team's been aching for, this franchise has been aching for. Then all of a sudden we're talking. We're talking now. Now we're talking. Again, for me, before we get into the notable games that you have to mark down, two dates for me where you got to really check where the Knicks are in the standings. For me. End of November, New Year's Day 2020. How do they do through that first early wave of the season? And then how are they heading into 2020? Because for me, that's when the schedule really starts to to yield a little bit. Gives you an opportunity to get some wins. How do they handle the tougher stretches of the season? How do they handle when they're away from the Garden for a long stretch? There's two four-game road trips in this schedule. It's a long time. It's a long road trip. Things can happen on that road trip. If you go into those road trips on, on a high, playing well, those don't seem as bad. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel as bad if you're going through that stretch and you find yourself gaining confidence, then you hit a tough stretch. You're like, hey, you know what? We're winning. We're winning. Let's see how we handle this. Let's see how we handle going to Houston. Let's see how we handle going to Golden State. Let's go to to the Clippers and the Lakers and see how we do. Let's go to Philadelphia and try to pull off an upset. That's what these other games are for. For me, you know, a lot of those other games early on don't mean a whole lot to me. I want to see them beat the teams they should beat. I want to see them beat the Orlandos. I want to see them beat the Chicagos. I want to see them beat teams like Detroit, Cleveland, Dallas at home, Orlando, Sacramento at home. Not at Sacramento, at home. Beat Sacramento. I know they're a young, talented team that could be coming on next year. You should be beating Sacramento at home. If we're going to be making progress, these are games you have to win. Show Brooklyn what's up on October 25th. Stun them at the Garden with KD on the bench thinking, oh, well, that didn't go as I thought. Let's not embarrass ourselves in the first couple of games. Let's go out there and punch some people in the mouth. Let's win. 
Win, win, win. Start getting some wins. Because then it opens up. It really opens up. Then there's some real chances for the Knicks to really turn some heads like the Nets did last year. It's about weathering that early storm. It really is. Weather the early storm through October. Get into November and then middle of November, just hit the ground running. I'm telling you, from November 10th on, I really like how the Knicks' schedule shapes up heading into December. I really do. There's a lot of winnable games there. December, it gets tough. It really does. That four-game road trip is not helping anybody out. But then in, in, but then January comes. Yes, there's a couple games early on, but late in that month, oh boy, there's a good stretch right there where the Knicks can do some damage. There really is. And then February? If the Knicks are... I'm going to say this right now, and I'm 100% serious. If we come on February 1st or February 3rd, and the Knicks are in it by some miracle, folks, you better look out. Because the schedule gets a lot easier for the Knicks. Now, that would be a, a miracle. I'm going to say that right now. That'd be a miracle. If we're, if we're buying chocolates and flowers for our honeys on Valentine's Day and the Knicks are still in the race, I might kiss all of you guys. However, if that's the case, if that happens, it really opens up for the Knicks. It really does. I can't imagine too many other teams that would be where the Knicks might be this year or a little bit higher that have an easier schedule in February than the Knicks. Looking at March as well, again, there's some winnable games in there. There really are. I'm just saying. If we're filling out our brackets and the Knicks are still in it, for March Madness, I mean, folks, we might be one up in the Nets. Now now I'm getting too far ahead of myself. I'll admit that. But I'm just getting excited. I'm just telling you right now, there's a lot of ifs in what I'm telling you, and that's totally fair. But you cannot tell me that if the Knicks don't survive that first month and a half, things could get really interesting in a good way really quickly for the Knicks. For me, come out guns blazing in October. I want to see wins right off the bat. Because if that happens, oh man, we I, it's going to be a fun time on the podcast, I'll tell you that. It's going to be a fun time. Holy smokes. And, and listen, this is the time where you can get a little too over the top. You got to prove it on the court. But let's see what happens. All right, guys, couple of games I do want to highlight before I take my break here. Quickly, obviously opening day, Knicks at Spurs, basketball being back. Always a fun game. I, it, there's always hope going into that game. Maybe not last year. But I, <laughs> I'm just interested to see where some of these players are at. I really am. I want to see where Nilakina's is at. I want to see where Peyton and Smith and Knox and Robinson and Randall and Barrett. I want to see where everybody's at. Trier at San Antonio is a perfect opening game, I think. You see exactly where the Knicks are at right away against a very well-coached team. Not a talented team this year for me. I don't think the Spurs are a playoff team this year, at least on paper. Pop will get them there. I'm not going to say they're not going to be a playoff team with Pop at the helm. But on, listen, on, on paper, this is not a playoff team, but Pop will get them there. That's fair. 
Let's see how the Knicks do. I, I'm really curious to see how the Knicks do in that game. I really am. I, I like that first game for the Knicks. Obviously, the first game against the Celtics, a couple of days later, always a good one. It's the home opener. Uh, would feel great to get a win on opening day at the Garden. It'd be huge. It'd be huge. Obviously, the two Mavs games, November 8th at the Mavs, uh, six days later, KP returns to the Garden uh, 7.30 p.m. So I might try to get to that game, actually. Mavs, Knicks at the Garden. Just want to see the reaction KP gets. Uh, obviously, Knicks, Nets at the Garden the 24th, New Year's Day. Knicks, Blazers is a fun one for me as well. Uh, and then, honestly, for me, you know, as a college basketball fan, I like Knicks, Pelicans on January 10th as well. Zion versus RJ, if they're both healthy, could be a really fun matchup at the Garden. I, I really like that matchup as well. Uh, obviously, the Knicks-Clippers game as well on the road and at home. Uh, getting to see Kawhi come to the Garden is always fun for me. Uh, Knicks-Lakers on January 22nd is an interesting game as well. Uh, certainly one for me that I have circled on my calendar. And obviously for me, the Sixers games as well, for me, are always circled. I, I think... It'd be awesome to make a statement and beat the Sixers because I feel like they're an overrated team for me. I've said this for years now. When you're built around a guy that can get hurt in the snap of a finger, I I really don't buy into your team. I don't, and the Sixers are that team. So I'm really looking forward to what we see with that. That flew by. That first segment (laughs) flew by. I almost missed my time here. I'm going to take a quick break here. Guys, fun schedule talk. Uh, as we'll, we'll touch on the schedule as we get closer again, but this is my first time and only time really to go through the whole thing. So let's take a break here. When we come back, I'll get to the mellow and net stuff. And I really want to get to a player that I think is going to have a lot of upside if things work out for him going into next season. Take a quick break. We'll come right back on the posting and toasting podcast Friday edition. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, guys. Guns blazing right out of the break here. I want to quickly get through this Mellow stuff. I think this is the second time I've talked about Mellow on this show. Uh, I don't I, I don't ever have time to go back to the previous episodes and, and check topics and, and stuff like that. I just go with news that's relevant in the week that I'm doing the show, and I just hammer it out. Um, th- there's multiple sources here are, are looking into a possible return for Carmelo to New York, but he'd be playing... Obviously, at Barclays Center uh, with the Nets. Uh, apparently, the Lakers have shown some interest. Again, a couple reports saying the Knicks have shown some interest. SNY has disputed the Knicks report. It's not the Knicks. It's actually the Nets. Uh, Carmelo has apparently worked out in scrimmages with the Nets in L.A. It's unknown if the Nets are a team that is talking to Carmelo at this time. Um, and obviously the Nets uh, are doing off-season team workouts. Kyrie Irving uh, is spearheading these workouts, and Melo, who's 
begged Team USA to have him come on their team. He's begged uh, Stephen A. Smith on first take to get you know to give NBA teams a chance to give him another chance and blah blah blah. Uh, listen, I think the Nets would be dumb to take Carmelo Anthony on. I, I really do. Uh, I don't think it makes any sense. Obviously, listen, I think I've mentioned this already before. There's no way in hell the Knicks are going to take Carmelo. We know this. This is well documented. We talked about the farewell tour. We talked about his Hall of Fame chances, where he ranks in NBA history. I'm not going to re-dive into that. Again, if you want to do that again, go back to that podcast. I think it's episode four or five or look it up. Like it, This is not uh, something I'm going to dive too far back into. However, I really do want to dive into the Nets part of this only because I, I I think that the fact that it's even coming up to me, if if they are legitimately if this if this report is true, that Carmelo Anthony is gaining interest from the Brooklyn Nets. What's going on with the Nets? Why why is this coming? I thought this team was set. I thought this team was already ready to go and, and Kevin Durant's going to come back and this is the team. Why is Carmelo Anthony coming up? How confident are you? Like, I, I thought there's, I thought Karis LeVert was there. Spencer Dinwiddie. I thought these were the guys. I, am I missing something? These are the guys that we get chirped about all the time. Oh, this is the future of our franchise then why do you need another score? If Carmelo Anthony is, is really in the in the works here for the Nets, then what does, that tell, what does that tell me about the confidence of the rest of this team? And don't give me the don't give me the chemistry flack anymore with these young guys. They they gave up on that. Or should I say they tried to upgrade from that, quote unquote. Kyrie's the guy now. There's no chemistry anymore with Kyrie. Ask the Celtics how chemistry worked when Kyrie got there. This is this is Kyrie's team for a season until Kevin Durant gets there. So why would you, if this is Kyrie's team, why is Carmelo coming up? I, I, Carmelo's not the team guy, remember? He's not going to buy into a role. He wants the ball in his hands. Guess who else needs the ball in his hands and wants the ball in his hands? Kyrie Irving. And for me, I see why the Lakers might be interested. LeBron and Melo are boys. That makes sense. Not basketball-wise, but it makes sense personally, business-wise, why the, the Lakers, LeBron specifically, would want Carmelo Anthony. For the Knicks? We know it doesn't make any sense. For the Nets? What are you thinking? I think if, if I'm a Nick fan, take him. Go ahead. <laughs> Good luck. That be that that helped out. That would help out the rest of the division. You're gonna you're gonna you want Carmelo? You're gonna play Carmelo? You want and then you're gonna play Carmelo? If I'm a Nets fan, I hope that report's not true. Because to me. What does that say about the rest of your team? If you're looking for Carmelo Anthony to maybe be an answer to your problems. Now listen, if you think, you know, for one season we want that second guy and we want the young guys to step up and Carmelo buys into a role, that's a really big if. Okay. 
But to me, again, if you thought that getting Kyrie and KD with the team you have was enough, why is this being looked at? Why? What's the second guessing about? Are you not confident? You can't be not confident in the young guys anymore. There's been no reason to be not confident in them now. Why is Carmelo coming up? That one, that one, that one didn't make any sense to me. Because you know, you look at the Nets roster. You look at the Nets roster right now, and I just lost it. I got to look it back up. I I just named a couple of those young guys on the team that you're expecting to be huge parts of the team without KD next year. I I like I don't I don't get it. Like why? Why would Kenny Atkinson as well? Like Kenny Atkinson's a guy that's preaching team basketball. Chemistry. Move the ball. No guy's bigger than the team. You you'd have two me guys now on the roster with Melo and Kyrie. You know, Wilson Chandler's on this team. Joe Harris is on this team. Spencer Dinwiddie. Karis Levert. I yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Jared Allen needs the ball at times down low to mix things up. Carmelo's not going to pass in the way. He's going to take a jump shot. I I, I don't... Uh. By the way, all I'm going to say is this. The Nets don't scare me. Not right now, they don't. Knicks fans that are getting flack from Nets fans right now, Tell them to look at their roster for the Nets. Tell them to take a good, hard look at this roster. It's a pretty mediocre roster. It really is. You've got Kyrie, fair enough. You've got Dinwiddie, Harris, Levert, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Torian Prince, Jalen Hands. Wilson Chandler, okay, uh, Dang Adele, Henry Ellenson, uh, okay, Theo Pinson, Garrett Temple, and a few other guys. Okay, that's all right. I don't think Carmelo's going to change much about that, I'll tell you that, but all I'll say is this. It better work with this chemistry thing and Kyrie. Because if Kevin Durant's not fully healthy next, the two years from now, there's not a whole lot left with the Nets to work with here. D'Angelo Russell's not coming through that door. Jared Dudley's not on the roster anymore as a leader on this team. That's the other thing for me. Who's leading this team? Is Kyrie leading this team? Heck no. DeAndre Jordan? Oh, boy. I see no leadership locker room guys on this team. Listen, Kevin Durant will be around. That's the good news. But he ain't playing. So we'll we'll see. Carmelo, if he wants to go to the Nets and the Nets want him, good luck. But I'm just saying, if you take a hard look at some of these teams, in the East specifically, 
The Knicks are not miles away here. They're really not. Not this year. Not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe 2020, 2021. But for 2019, 2020, at least right now, all I'm saying is see what happens. See what happens. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Let things play out. Give this team a chance to make you fall in love with them. That's all I say. Give this team a chance to make you fall in love with them. Here's a guy that I think you're going to be falling in love with this year that I'm really starting to fall in love with during the offseason. Just based on what this guy can bring to the table, what he brought at times last year, and his upside. I've talked about the point guard battle on the show before. And for me, guys, I told I talked about this earlier. The the front runner to win the point guard job at the moment is probably Dennis Smith Jr. However, and I and I don't know if I said it this bluntly on the last time back on episode three when I talked about the major question marks the Knicks have to answer for this upcoming season. I think the Knicks have a better chance to be good this year if Alfred Payton is the point guard. Because I I just think that if he comes back and he's healthy and he's ready to go and he has something to prove, I just feel like he's got the best chance to lead this team to big things next season. I don't know if it's Dennis Smith at the point guard spot. I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm really not. And I, and I mentioned my my red flags with Dennis Smith before and I, I again I don't love his attitude. You know, again, when things are fine, he's fine. But when things are not good, which could happen again with this Knicks team, we expect this team to lose games. Dennis Smith is not always along for that ride in a positive way. Alfred Payton, to me, feels like an even-keeled guy. Feels like a guy that's not going to get too high, too low in the game. Will not make mistakes. Will handle the pressure. And you just look at some of the games he had last year, before the injury. The Pelicans got off to a really good start with him in that lineup. And, you know, listen, I'm not going to go this far. You know, I saw a quote the other day. Alfred Payton's father came out. I think the quote was, he, he believed that if Payton didn't get hurt uh, and it stayed healthy, the Pelicans would have made the playoffs last year. Let's calm down with that. that. That's a big if. That's a really big if. However, when he played for the Pelicans last year, he was really good. He was really good. The Pelicans were good when he played last year. And... That was the year where Anthony Davis gave up on the team. He wanted to get traded. That shows me something. Dennis Smith had some moments last year, but I don't think he made a heck of a lot of a difference. Peyton, as far as upside to me, could be huge. Could be huge for this team. I really believe that. Because again, the Knicks have not had a true true point guard that can also score the ball in a long, long time. I don't even want to go back that far to the last time they had a consistently good point guard that did the job, got players involved, but could also, when he needed to, score the ball. The Knicks have been desperate for that for, oh man, I don't even want to tell you, decades now? 
When did John Starks retire? But this is all I'm going to say. And again, you could take all this with a grain of salt. As a Knicks fan, I don't blame you. But all I'm saying is this. If Alfred Payton does what he's supposed to do, in my opinion, and beat Dennis Smith out, go for it. If not now, when? Beat Dennis Smith out right now. Take the reins. Lead this team on the court. Then I think things could happen for the Knicks. Listen, I think Dennis Smith has to be part of this team in a huge way, scoring the ball. And if he's not the starting point guard, I think he's still got to be huge. Sixth man, whatever. I think there's there's a way that you could probably play them together, Smith and Peyton, at times. I think there's a way. But, for me, I think Alfred Peyton is a huge X factor to the 2019-2020 Knicks. I think he's a huge player, potentially, for Dave Fisdale. I think they got him at a bargain. I think other teams would have easily paid two years $16 million with the second season as a team option. I, I think New Orleans, if they had had it their way, would have re-signed him. But I think Scott Perry could have pulled off a really good move here. But we'll see. Listen, you could accuse me of getting too overhyped. I'm trying to tell you what could possibly happen here. Based on what I've seen from the kid before and based on what I'm seeing from the rest of the teams that, you know, you could argue the East got a lot weaker from last year. It really did. It's a huge step down from last season. This is the time, folks. This is the time to get excited because if it doesn't work out, you're going to be hearing a lot of negative things from me during the season. So if it's not now, when is it going to be? When are you going to be positive? When are you going to buy in? When are you going to see the bright side? When is your glass going to be half full and not half empty? Because if it's not now, if they don't play well, it's not happening this year. This is the time, if any, to do it. See what can happen. Be positive for a little bit. And like I've said before, if and when things go wrong, let's hash it out. I'll be right here. I'll be right here. I'll probably be leading the I'll be leading the caravan. I'll be on the train with you Nick fans to nowhere. But for now, if we're looking on paper, what we've seen during the offseason, I mean, geez, the way the injuries have worked out, Boogie Cousins just tore his ACL. God bless him and his family, but the Lakers just lost a huge piece. I don't care if LeBron and AD are there. They needed Boogie Cousins. Knicks play the Lakers a couple of times on the schedule. If LeBron's sitting out a game or two, now all of a sudden those are winnable games for the Knicks. Now all of a sudden those road trips to, out, to the, out to the West Coast, out to Cali, just got a little bit easier. Again, just trying to look for some positives here because they're not always there for the Knicks. Just because it's always been bad for the Knicks doesn't mean it can't get better. That's the main point here. Hasn't stopped Perry and Mills from trying to build this team. Hasn't stopped David Fisdale from buying in and sticking with this system and developing the young guys. 
It's time to take the next step. It's time to win games. And for me, I think if Alfred Payton's part of that, it'd be huge. Huge for the Knicks. If we're talking Payton alongside Knox and Barrett and Robinson and Randall, that is a starting five that I can get behind. If you're telling me that at some point this season, we've got Peyton, Barrett, Knox, Randall, and Robinson as a normal lineup. I, oh, man. That's something right there for the Knicks. That's something right there. Because you've got a lot of bigs that can back them up on the bench. And you've got a decent depth of guards and forwards now. You throw Dennis Smith on the bench. That's a half-decent bench now that the Knicks have put together. You know, there's no Luke Cornett coming off the bench. You know, Ron Baker's not coming off the bench anymore. And no disrespect to those guys. But but those guys are not going to be long. Those guys were never going to be long-term NBA guys. They're great. They're, they're hustle guys. They're good players. They're better guys. They were never going to be part of the long term of the Knicks. Damian Dotson coming off the bench. There's some potential there. All in all, things can get better. They need to get better. And what I mean by that is improvements need to be made for us to really start buying in. And who knows? This year's Knicks could be last year's Nets. I'm just saying. Folks, appreciate you as always tuning into the podcast. Make sure you leave me some comments on postingandtoasting.com. Let me know your thoughts on the show at SJ7 on Twitter if you want to hit me up as always. And I will see you guys on the next one on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Friday edition.